0: This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from mystical mice to marvelous marksmen. And today we're talking about mimics.
1: All right, Brian. It's getting close to Christmas time, and I figured in honor of uh, the holidays, well, why don't we talk about the monster that likes to disguise itself as the most tantalizing present there is. Treasure chest.
0: Treasure. Gold. Small <laughs> so
1: gold. Indeed. So we're going to talk about Mimics. Um, 3D actually,
0: adventures, beware.
1: <clears throat> it's a very classic D&D monster. It's actually a Guy, Gary Guy X original from the original Monster Manual of First Edition. And mimics are essentially these shape-shifting predators that are able to take on the form of inanimate objects. Right. Um, usually something tantalizing to humanoids to lure creatures to them and then devour them. The Venus flytrap mm-hmm. of, of adventurers. Yeah, sure. Um, most famously, mimics uh, will disguise themselves as treasure chests, but they can also take the form of doors, war- wardrobes, or
0: generally any object made of stone or wood. Yes, paranoia of doors. Mm-hmm. Um, the leading cause, I would say, is mimics. Um, yeah, and, the, mean, yeah second, and traps Secondly to booby traps Yeah, indeed So,
1: d mimics are they, they have kind of a low intelligence But they have this primitive cunning to them And uh, like an insidious method of capturing their prey They specifically hunt adventurers by finding well-traveled locations And disguising themselves as these desirable objects that and we Don't forget about, about the most impressive thing Is staying very still
0: Right. Don't trust anything that can stay that still. Indeed.
1: And they're they're able to uh, choose to become objects that really match the location.
0: Will, I'm going to be asking you some hard questions. Okay. Because I think that's what this this monster calls for. Yeah. You just let me know when you want to continue talking about what's in your notes Uh after I derail us. Okay. Organs Mm -hmm. of the Mimic. Mm -hmm. Do they transform into the inanimate disguise or do they get rearranged inside of that thing? So the way
1: it's described is the, the disguise is much, very much an exterior thing. Okay. We'll get into the anatomy of the mimics a little bit or what limited things that I have to talk about it because there's a lot left up to DM discretion, but we'll get
0: to that. Okay. I think I'm going to re I'm going <clears> to <throat> change what I was my first strategy for my part in this episode. <laughs> okay. I'm going to wait for, for, you to hit some of these okay. things in the notes and try to ask a relevant thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, by, let's by do means.
1: it. So, so oh yeah, so the thing I was talking about they have this weird primitive kind of cunning where they're they're capable of like looking at the surroundings and then becoming something that really matches the location and they can hold their form uh, without
0: stirring for weeks on end. That's like um, it reminds me of whales, like taking a breath and then going underwater for like right. for like a month. I guess it's, uh, there's a similarity there. Um, when a creature
1: inevitably falls for the disguise and touches the mimic, um, the, the the creature that touches them will become stuck to wherever they made contact because all mimics <clears throat> exude a sticky adhesive on their entire bodies. And they have control over their adhesive. They can choose when it activates and when it doesn't. Oh, wow. That's cool. So they they never get stuck to themselves and they can choose when things are stuck or not. So you
0: can't be like going around throwing gravel at doors and shit. It won't work like that. Yeah, it won't work like that. No. Um, At this point, the mimic will then produce
1: an enormous mouth and pseudopods to beat the the thing to to death and then eat it.
0: (laughs) That's just like, like an ooze. Other than, yeah, it's kind of like an ooze mixed with the kelpie.
1: Yeah, it's like an ooze mixed with a kelpie, and there's no official adore. stat block for kelpie, right? There isn't, there but is there's it.
0: there's a cool monster in like Scott, like European, Scottish lore, and, yeah, Celtic uh, mythology, called yeah, kelpie. where it <clears throat> imitates a beautiful horse or whatever, mm-hmm.
1: and it and then if you it, get on it, you become stuck to it, it and it walks into the, the lake. Depths, yeah, and eats you, <laughs> and yeah. you die. So, so that's that's how mimics kind of do their thing. They're most commonly found in underground dungeons. Um, in in the earlier editions, they made a, a very uh, big point to say that mimics were strictly subterranean saying that they had sunlight sensitivity due to their they have, they had they didn't have eyes they had eye spots Okay. That they use for sensing heat, light, and vibration. Nice, and that these spots were extra sensitive and couldn't handle being in in like bright light.
0: They're, that's they say that's how the um, the eye evolved over time. Is at one point it was just a sensor that could pick up yeah. light. Yeah, and uh, I've heard that very much. And so the thing so. would go to the surface of the ocean and eat the algae and then go back
1: down. <laughs> right. Yeah. <clears throat> so mimics were originally labeled as aberrations, um, you know, from the far realm, which is pretty fitting. I mean, they're bizarre and completely alien and mysterious, as in aberrant like abnormal okay yeah it's not really said exactly how they look um, they do get later on and are currently recategorized as monstrosities. Okay. And the explanation I mean, here— That's neither here nor there, really, other well, than like the D&D classification of such true, things. True, true. And and as is the case with a lot of the monstrosities, we haven't really talked about a lot of the monstrosities yet. Things like manticores and hydras. Well, um, I mean, we talk about them a lot, but we haven't done an episode. Yeah, we haven't done episodes on a lot of these things, like chimeras and all this stuff. And one of the things that monstrosities tend to have in common is a lot of times their origin is chocolate up to like mad wizard experimentation right or or magic gone wrong basically these are the mini bosses kind of to a certain degree and and mimics very much that's kind of their current origin now is like they're just the result of experimentations gone wrong Mm. um but as for like mimic longevity or reproduction cycles nothing is really stated too much um depends on on your settings some settings do have some some uh Concrete lore there, which we'll talk about in a
0: bit. I heard that they reproduce asexually, kind of like, um, kind of like a beholder, when they can't decide if they want to be a door or a chest. So then they just split and become both things.
1: That's I actually kind of like that. I think that's really really because I'm just bullshitting. Yeah, no, I know you are, but I think that's a really cool (laughs) idea. Um, Yeah, uh, and fission is one of the ways that it said they can reproduce. There's there's a lore that says they reproduce via spores. Um, Ew, yeah, what? Yeah. Oh, so no. Like, there, there's, all, there's all kinds of stuff. We'll get into it a little bit later. Okay. So um, where was I? Um, the the thing about Mimics is they're one of those old school D&D monsters that are popular and everyone knows what they are mm-hmm. and likes them, but no one ever asks any
0: fucking questions
1: about them. And because of that, the lore never gets fleshed out. Right. Like you in know,
0: game, if you run into a Mimic, it's like, oh, this is bound to happen eventually. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, the last time there was an ecology of the Mimic article written in Dragon Magazine? Oh, it has to be probably when they were putting out the, like
0: the old ass magazines. Yeah, it, yeah. in
1: in Dragon Magazine seventy four, which I I think it was actually put together by Ed Greenwood, who's like the major creator behind, behind Forgotten Realms. But um, I mean this was back in the, like the seventies or early eighties. That was the last time there was a write up on Mimics. Holy shit! So yeah, like, this is just one of those monsters that got written up and then no one touched it again. Because, well,
0: yeah, it's a classic. It's like yeah. trying to explain Lay's potato chips to somebody. I guess right, or like a Coca Cola. Right, exactly. Like If you're American, you know what those are. And even if you're not. Regardless of this, I'm going to do my best to explain. (laughs) Well, I mean, I mean. This is good. This is I'm ready. We're so, we're gonna re up the fucking licensing on mimics or whatever. I guess so. <laughs> not not to, no. That's not how that works. So uh, uh, uh,
1: another thing that can okay. So so it kind of comes down to DM discretion. So like maybe maybe uh, mimics are from the far far realm in your world. Maybe they do reproduce asexually via spores. Uh, maybe they're biologically immortal. It's it's up to you because there really isn't lore written down for a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> one of the things I'm a fan of. Because normally mimics are depicted as, like, being, like, reclusive or, like, in the in the far-flung places of the world. Yeah. I mean, they're in the
0: dark depths of a dungeon I, disguised as a chest. Right, right.
1: I really like the idea of mimics actively attempting to infiltrate, like, populated areas. Ooh. And, like, I just, like, I picture, uh, like, a statue in the center of a market square that at some point got replaced by a mimic. And it's it remains there undetected for years, but everyone in the city just thinks that the square is like haunted and like they know that anyone who wanders around there at night, like vagrants or or children who get lost, or anybody who wanders there at night, sometimes they just disappear. And people think it's like some spirit holy got holy That's sh- that's but no, good. it's the mimic in the middle of the, the town square. So
0: can I can I offshoot real quick? Yeah, I sure, don't like sure. to talk about this so much on the show, but okay. I run I run a superhero game on our Patreon. Right, right. And my players were really paranoid of a mimic in and, and like I w- they were just like, what's this chest doing in the middle of the room? Mm-hmm. And It's filled with candles because this is a, like a candlelit place. And I, I kind of teased it like, oh, I, you, you you walk up to it. You know, <laughs> like I played on their paranoia because right. it was ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. But it's, I know. I know it's that so feel. real at the same time. Like, what if it is a mimic? But yeah. they they shouldn't know. Like it, they were ro- they were out of character a little bit. So mm-hmm. they rolled a nature check. Like, is this a mimic? I was like, no, it's it's a chest. Like, what? And they rolled a history check. Like, what do I know about mimics? And I was like, oh, that's weird. Mm-hmm. And I ended up being like, okay, one of my guys works for a construction company, and he's like, they were going to do a demo on a building, and they were there to oversee like the things being taken out of it. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys, one of the the social workers or whatever it was that went into the house, went into the basement and got attacked by a mimic that was a door. Oh shit! And it's that's what you've seen is they killed it and brought it out on and like to do research on it. And it's an urban setting and I was like, oh, that would be cool one day to figure out like where did, how did this shit get it? Who is this person that died and how did they get into the, the mimic into this shit? Right. So right. that's a cool thing. Like, oh, I didn't think like, that's good. I didn't know if it was a thing or not. I just was sh- like BSing when I came well, up with Well, I mean, that.
1: yeah, uh, th- there's so little written that kind of whatever you do is canon enough because like there's, you know, it's just a monster do with it what you will. That's interesting. So anything you did was totally awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about 4th edition, because 4th edition is going to do as 4th edition does and give you some real fucking defined mimic lore. Okay. Uh, and it's also really Oh, good, yeah, they so. yeah, they do that. They do that. They do the thing that I wish that uh, the other editions would do. It's like, no, define it. Like, tell me about it. Yeah. Um, but... Um, because I, no matter what you, no matter what the book says, I can always do whatever I want. But yeah, I love
0: getting and really good ideas from the canon lore. And their know? philosophy is to write to give you that wiggle room. Indeed, and it, like, yeah, like you said, you can do both.
1: So in fourth edition, mimics are strictly aberrations, and they're from the far realm, and they are actively and insidiously attempting to infiltrate settled humanoid lands because they have incredibly high intelligence levels, and they're really hungry and they're incredibly hungry. <laughs> so they their they, their concept is to infiltrate um settled lands by humanoids as harmless objects and they actively hunt down sentient creatures and eat them. Wow. And so furthermore for kicks, yeah, 4E introduces this idea of a higher level mimic known as an impersonator mimic. So as an object mimic, which is your regular mimic, devours prey. It absorbs memories of his, of its victims oh. and it gains knowledge and 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 learns how to speak different languages
0: slowly. Oh, uh, once it it's ma- the fucking chimera from Full Metal Alchemist. Is that what happens
1: with the chimera in Full Metal Alchemist? Well, kind
0: of. Like I'm kind of. I took some liberty, but like you fuse the creature and the person or whatever. Slight Spoiler, but they yeah. they I mean, they a, gain like this weird in between <laughs> intelligence. But uh-huh. if you keep fusing it with intelligence, eventually you get like a really. High intelligence result, right? Right. I'm, I'm figuring this is like it kinda, sounds like that. This is kind of like that. I'm just yeah. absorbing your so, powers. So
1: as as they keep eating and growing and they mature and they they'll eventually gain enough knowledge to become what's called an impersonator mimic that can take on the form of the victim. It's victims that it's devoured and will use the guise of these humanoid victims to infiltrate society, eat more prey, and eventually the impersonator uh mimic will will end up splitting off and giving off mimic spawn. Oh my god and go forth into the world and become and mimes, start the cycle again. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but they'll start the cycle again. This is why we're so, scared of mimes. I just I really like this cuz this is almost like this is a pseudo uh invasion of the body snatchers kind of deal where it's yeah. like this alien species comes in and starts infiltrating, eating people, becoming people and then spreading.
0: And they do that thing with the rope and the w- fake wall for change on the street. But they're mimes. <laughs>
1: oh god (laughs) anyways short rest time let's go
0: selling a little or a lot shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash DungeonCast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash DungeonCast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash DungeonCast.
2: Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the Dice. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it ah. eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available. However, you listen to podcasts.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode where we're not talking about the last thing we're talking about. We're talking about this new thing, and it's really not that new because it was going on for a long time. It's how much I love you.
1: I think it's like two years of love.
0: It's two years of just. It's like a <laughs> like picture of small snowball rolling down a mountain and it causing an avalanche. But it's not a, really an avalanche. It's just an one avalanche big of snowball of get picked up in my snowball love.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, uh, wait, don't you you love them too, right? Of course, I do, God. Brian. I've said this many times. I, you have to I keep adore saying it. I our
0: audience, I cherish them greatly. We do this to tell them, indeed. Okay, so <laughs> let's talk about TDC Plays, a brand new thing that Will is spearheading on another YouTube channel that is not on the Dungeon Cast but is affiliated heavily with the Dungeon Cast. <laughs> indeed, indeed it is. And it's called TDC Plays,
1: and we'll have the link in the description below. And it's basically, uh, us here at the Dungeon Caps play, playing video games, and you can join us and uh, listen to our bizarre
0: conversations as we kill things in
1: zombie games and uh, play Pokemon and all that other jazz.
0: Do you like watching people play video games on the internet? Do you like the people you hear on the Dungeon Cast? You can have both <laughs> things at once. Indeed Go to can. TBC Plays, the YouTube channel, and check that out. Please do. And, uh, uh, I think that's it. Let's get back to the show. Let's get back to the show. We're back. That, wow.
1: It's true. Those those short rests are getting so short. Welcome Love back. It. Welcome to the new
0: format of the show, everybody.
1: Indeed, indeed. Okay, so now that we're back, let's talk a little bit about uh, some different variants of mimics that are out there. Uh, we talked about the impersonator mimic from 4E. I think that would be a really cool um, transfer from 4E to 5E. Um, yeah. Also, I just like that 4E lore. It's really fucking scary, and... Like, before That's that, true. there was really no good Mimic lore, and there still kind of isn't much. Yeah, but, there's
0: the vague established, initial yeah. establishment of Mimic lore, and it's also probably the best way to explain mimes in your D&D universe. Indeed. So, uh, uh well, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say indeed too much. I just let you get away
1: with murder on this show, I swear. <laughs> okay, so one of the variants I want to talk about is from early first edition. It actually is completely unnamed. It doesn't have a name. I'm calling it the Friendly Mimic, but the idea... Uh, was, and it stated in the original Monster Manual, that there were two versions of the Mimic. One was the Killer Mimic, which is like the regular Mimic, the one that attacks you. And one's and the Giving Tree. An unnamed smaller version um, that's considered to be much more intelligent and less aggressive, and these versions of mimics uh, were much more likely to have social interaction with with player characters. They're building communities. Um, They're usually willing to bargain and trade for Im- information on like things they witnessed in their dungeon in return for food. Oh,
0: nice! Yeah. <laughs> like feed me or dry rations. Like, Greetings, traveler. Oh, nice. Do you
1: have any rations
0: with you? I when I took this form, I swallowed a, a golden medallion. There you go. They can allow you to roll a twenty or a one once a day. Go. There you go. Yeah. See, there
1: you go trade barter yeah so, give me that thing cool so, <laughs> so that's the friendly mimic and i think it's pretty cool i actually haven't seen it utilized um but it's a fun little npc yeah, it's for a, fun a little dungeon NPC. exactly yeah so uh, the next mimic variant that we're going to talk about is called the metal mimic this one is also from first, first edition and so originally in in first edition when it came to mimics the idea was that mimics could only Uh, transform themselves into objects of stone or wood and so the metal mimic was this souped up version that could also that could do those things but also uh, specialize in taking uh, various forms of of things that are made of metal so or deposits or actual metallic objects
0: it's like the story arc of uh, avatar the last airbender into legend of korra where just like there's so much metal bending by the time you get to the end of it
1: right okay I I can see that very well.
0: So um, another
1: thing these metal mimics were capable of doing was exuding light from its body. Oh, that's Um, cool. So I picture like basically looking like a really cool mystical ore deposit that's glowing. That's neat. Yeah, you know the players are about to check that shit out. Yeah, it's like rearranging
0: (laughs) the molecules in its body to be phosphorescent or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Neat. And then rather than attack with pseudopods,
1: it just transforms its pseudopods into like swords and daggers and slices at you. (laughs) So that's terrifying. I was going to
0: say, what is stopping this mimic from, I guess you can make your mimic look like whatever, right? Like my, this chest grows legs and like it's. Sidewall extends into an arm that is just ends in a sword.
1: Yeah, exactly. God, that's a terrifying visage. I love that. That's so <laughs> scary. Just like two sword arms on a chest that's crawling at you on four legs. Like, that's horrifying. <laughs> I didn't even
0: think of it as a quadruped. I thought of it as like an awkward, like flamingo style. Oh, no. Like, I was definitely going quadruped on that it's one. It's just but, like running, but its arms are swords. And so the chop motion it's doing yeah, is really threatening. That's super fucking dope. I really love that. So, aren't the, they normally depicted with like having a crazy fucking mouth of teeth? Yeah, and stuff? like a cartoonish mouth of like, giant one an eye um, like a shark eye
1: so the way i picture mimics in their like true form is because they're just basically described as having amorphous uh bodies right so for me it's like they're just oozes with eye spots and an enormous mouth Mm. so that's that's what i think they probably look like outside of their transformation
0: man i really want to make a reference to frieza this isn't even my final form
1: oh yeah well, Freeza the mimics mimic? don't have final don't forms. That's no, that's not think how that that's works. It. So the final variant mimic that we're going to speak about today is called the space mimic. Now, this is a mimic that was created speci- specifically for the Spelljammer jammer campaign setting, and actually has just a tinge bit more lore than your regular mimic when it comes to. Uh,
0: to the cannon galileo was looking through a telescope and he saw light bending in space and he was like what is that it's (laughs) not space it's just (laughs) imitating space
1: so spell jammer is a campaign setting where there's kind of a version of space travel it's not the same as like our space travel it's because they basically they don't like there aren't solar systems and stars and all that there's just um like uh gosh what are they called I forget what they're called. They're crystal spheres or something like that. But basically, each material plane is like a planet protected by like a crystal sphere. And all these crystal spheres are floating around in what's called wild space. Oh, like Kingdom Hearts. It's like Kingdom Hearts. There we go. Okay. That's Yeah, great. That's why we <laughs> have you on I'm the here. show. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like Kingdom Hearts. And, um, but these vessels called Space Jammers are developed so that they can travel between uh, all these different realms. Nice. And floating out there in wild space, uh, sometimes you can come across a space mimic. So... These mimics were originally created via magical experimentation uh, to act as guardians for a treasure hordes upon space vessels. For some unexplained reason, the, the space mimics proved to be unfit for their line of work, like they weren't reliable enough. So they ended up, the original like strain of them that were created were just kind of hurled off into space. <laughs> just They were thrown away. But they're biologically immortal. Right. Well, okay, so because of their thick hides and their resilience and they don't need to breathe. They manage to survive and they actually reproduce via fission. So they split like a, like a cell. Okay. Um. And in order to survive, these mimics transform themselves to look like floating broken ship debris in wild space. Oh Usually my god! Usually something tantalizing, like a like a vault or something. And, you know, and they probably That's hide insane. near a broken ship. And then you go, you pull it on board, and next thing you know, this thing transforms and eats everyone on board the ship. And then there's mimics on the outside of the
0: ship, just like yeah. punching like.
1: God, you imagine a swarm of them.
0: Ah! they're just like breaking the
1: windows yeah, like so punching like, like they become big fists <laughs> like which which makes that would make breaking down or 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 or, or uh, getting uh destroyed in space very dangerous because if you're stranded out there like, let's say I see a shipwreck out there and I'm getting a distress call. Fuck that noise! I'm not going near there because it's probably just mimics fucking with me. Yeah,
0: can or at you, least it could be. Can you confirm you're not a ship full of mimics? Yeah, indeed. Ah, oh, man, I don't know, man, I don't
1: know. And these mimics are intelligent and they can talk and they can like they're they they have a high
0: intelligence. But please, we're dying. Yeah, I, we're dying. I don't know. I don't know. Can you prove it though? Yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe there's a special signature. I mean, did you do good on your nature check?
1: yeah i guess so that's That's the only way right right? so that
0: that's i guess one of my main questions discerning the mimic from the real thing it's it's obviously in game relies on checks but like what are the explanations for those checks like i roll good on my nature check how do i discern that this isn't or is not a mimic um so i don't know if i
1: would use nature for mimics because they're monstrosities so they're kind of unnatural Okay. Um well that's this arc- is, that's a not natural thing. Yeah. That's what you would come I would up with. Maybe Arcana check, maybe investigation check, and maybe a really high check to discern um like just the subtle differences between like the real object and like something looks a little bit off you know if something looks a little bit off
0: like look how all the panels of this chest have like a sl- this this grain that goes this way but this panel it doesn't have any there grain.
1: There we go something like that That that's actually a really good one or another thing is remember that they, they, they're they covered in this adhesive maybe by looking really really closely it's like oh wait there's something sticking on this.
0: Oh like you get yeah. like when you get close to it you can see it kind of change to the adhesive like you see a shimmer on yeah, it or something exactly. like that. exactly so that's I would do something interesting. along those lines yeah. Okay that's really cool because um, so what mm-hmm. it, like if you get too close to a mimic, mm-hmm. can it reach out and touch faith? Um, faith yeah. being you,
1: yeah, I'm sure it could. Yeah, I mean, it can move, so yeah, why couldn't it? So, you really
0: like if you were investigating it, like, is this a mimic? You, you're fucking <laughs> done already. You don't
1: get within five feet of it for sure, yeah. yeah.
0: So, the check must be what it's got to be 15 or higher, more. right? Yeah,
1: I would say it would probably be pretty high because they they're, they're experts of what they do, yes. Yeah, so. so you'd have to make an expert level move to combat their expert level Indeed. thing. Indeed, Okay. So uh, do you have any more questions about mimics before we get into the stat
0: block? Um, do they do magic? No, no, not usually. They just are magic? So the kind 5e of?
1: mimic is has low intelligence. Okay. I know we talked about all these higher intelligence ones, but the 5e mimic has intelligence of five. It's not thinking about much, but food. So, okay. Yeah. So they just have this kind of like primal cunning when it comes to like how they go about getting their food.
0: If you see a very, very good looking sword just laying in the middle of the room and you go to grab it, it will just like stab through your hand and then stick to you and then just like consume you like a snake.
1: Yeah. There you go. Okay. So the uh, 5e Monster Manual Mimic is only challenge rating two monster. Um, oh, I thought it would be higher than that. No, I think this is the type of creature they kind of wanted to put a little bit in the middle so that you were able to face at low levels and you were able to face a squad of them at the high level.
0: You know, I kind of like that. Like, give you the low challenge rating so you can scale it as necessary. Like, we give you the base numbers so you can Mm -hmm. scale it as high as you want. I still think this suffers from the the thing that a lot of 5e monsters
1: suffer from where there's one version of a thing and there's... Like unlike four E, where like there would be the mimic, and then there'd be like three higher mimics with like
0: oh I see better abilities. Since like the first one is like your standard wooden box, and then they become like more ornate looking chests as yeah. you go.
1: Yeah, well, I, for me, it's just like okay, I understand that you've provided me with the tools to level up a monster's challenge rating, but why not just for like just pump out a st- stat block for a challenge rating two mimic, a challenge rating five mimic, and a challenge rating eight mimic. Like, just and then give it some extra abilities, name it something slightly different, like an Uber
0: mimic or a greater mimic or whatever. And, like, but Uber, neither here nor there. Uber mimic. It well, disguises itself as a car and, <laughs> and tries to pick you up, but it really just eats you once you get in the passenger seat. So,
1: anyways, <laughs> 5e mimic, uh, immunity to acid for some reason. Uh, huh. It's also immune to being knocked prone, which makes sense. It's like an amorphous blob in its true form um it
0: has a few abilities which we've kind of covered it's got the shape changer ability we know how that works well actually the uh-huh. shape in a combat scenario what are we talking time here
1: so the mimic can use its action to polymorph into an object or back into its true amorphous form its statistics are the same in either form any equipment it was wearing or carrying isn't transformed
0: it reverts to its true form if it dies isn't it weird how so many things in D D take roughly six seconds I know, right? It's like <laughs> uh, so if I no- so what I'm thinking was like, oh, I knock the mimic prone, it becomes the amorphous blob, mm-hmm. and then it has to use its turn to shape. Um, how does it work? Okay, if you knock it
1: prone, it doesn't become an amorphous blob. It can if it chooses.
0: To. Well, how come I can't knock it prone?
1: Oh, okay. Why can't you knock it prone? Okay, so let's say it's a wardrobe and you knock it over. Then yeah, it becomes an amorphous blob. Okay. Also, like, fuck it, you just sprout legs on its bottom now. Now it's a sideways wardrobe with legs at the bottom. You know what I mean? Like
0: So the form it so in once you enter combat with the mimic, the form it was in needs to be like the chest opens up and it's a mouth. Mm-hmm. So that's what its weapon is. Yeah. So my image, my imagery of it changing into like a bipedal or quadrupedal with sword arms would take a turn. So it would be hard to get Uh, to that.
1: I would say, okay, so I think this, the shape changer thing has to do with full transformation. So if it's going from chest to wardrobe, full action. If it's going from chest to amorphous blob, action. If it's just altering its current form, if it's bringing out the pseudopods. Yeah, okay. And it maybe it needs a leg to pop up so it's not prone. That doesn't take anything.
0: Okay, that's just my that's how I would run it. Would you? It just becomes that. Are you gonna bonus action? Are you gonna try to quantify it with action economy? No. Okay, that's cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so then the next ability gets is adhesion, and just for the the hard numbers on that, the mimic adheres to anything it touches. That touches it, a huge or small creature adhered to the mimic is also grappled by it. Um, escape dc 13 <clears throat> okay. ability checks made to escape from the grapple have disadvantage Ooh. Um, wow. here's the false appearance the ability while the mimic remains motionless it is indistinguishable from an ordinary object so according to that feature
0: there is no check you can make that's right i do remember that about so so, it so you can't uh you have to touch it yeah so you're gonna trigger it. Yeah. So that makes the mimic infinitely more dangerous. Well, this is why I don't know if you've ever heard it said, but this is
1: why um, I, I, I on a lot of online forums they say always bring a ten foot pole with you into a dungeon. This
0: is probably why. Oh yeah. yeah Toshima, but I mean, know. like the mimic knows if you're just hitting it with a ten foot pole. Yeah,
1: but if you're a fighter with a strength of eighteen and you slam the end of a ten foot pole into its face, it's, it's going to trigger. Yeah.
0: But are you really gonna? Stab every chest. I mean, and door. I, mean, I
1: wouldn't, but I'm sure there's players out there that would. That's just seems, hold on. That's meta gaming, right? It's, oh, yeah, super, super okay. meta gaming. Yeah,
0: but but people play the game for different reasons. Yeah.
1: So uh, the last feature it gets is called Grappler. Mimics all have advantage on attack rolls against any creature that they grapple, which is a lot because they're sticky.
0: So this is like really a know your de- your dungeon master kind of monster. Like, yeah. how is your dungeon master going to be a dick and make everything in there a <laughs> fucking mimic? No, mimics, mimics all the way down. Mimics <laughs> all the way down. <laughs> no, um, I mean, maybe.
1: Sword I mean, arms, I wouldn't want to play in that game, but.
0: I just picture the mimic, like, attacking, like. It's not going to move its arm to attack. It's going to make an arm. Like a spear is going to come out of the side of it. And All I somebody. know is
1: one of these days I'm going to put a mimic in our current space game. And it's going to be fucking wild.
0: Well, now it's going to be a fucking spaceship mimic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm going to fucking be super mad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so uh, the only attacks a mimic gets are the pseudopod attack, which is bludgeoning damage. And uh, then a bite attack, which is, uh, I believe, piercing damage. Oh. With a little bit of acid damage
0: and i was talking so much about stabbing mm-hmm. and sword arms mm-hmm. uh, so just reflavor i guess
1: oh yeah you would just have to reflavor it for sure but the classic the is a it's just beating this the shit your, out of you yeah basically. this is your classic i'm going to bludgeon you to death and eat you the Mimic. the pseudopods also act as like scooping scooping mechanisms. <laughs> yeah, to, sure, why not? Like, dump you into its <laughs> just mouth. Just huge wooden spoons. <laughs> you so, uh, any questions about mimics before uh, we move on to
0: uh, our our, our, our
1: pre long rest segment?
0: Yes. Uh, no, I don't. So they're not doing magic. They just kind of they're not explained by magic. You can't figure out what they are by looking at them. You have to shove it a ten foot pole deep into them, or you have to touch it. Pretty much. Pretty much. Okay.
1: There you go. There's your mimic, your classic D&D monster. I like it. So before we take a long rest, we got a few announcements we want to make. Yeah. Um, I'll let Brian start this one.
0: So I don't know if like we record these ahead of time, so I don't know if we're at 10K on YouTube yet, but we're getting so close. We are very so close. Help. <laughs> help us, help please. Us.
1: <laughs> if you're not subscribed to us on on YouTube, uh do us a favor and subscribe. Yeah, please. If <laughs> so you guys check us out. feel you like might,
0: it, you might like looking at our faces Yeah, or you might not. I, I wouldn't blame you either way. Maybe you like, I mean, personally, <laughs> I like, I don't know if you're listening to us on SoundCloud or your favorite listening app, um, ch- just go hit that subscribe button for us. I think that would also, be awesome.
1: Also, we are offering things on YouTube that we don't have a subscriber feed for like our, our live game, super
0: quest Saga. So yes, there is something there for you to do that isn't here on SoundCloud, et cetera. Indeed. iTunes. Um, Also, like, I don't know if we've pumped this in a long time, but now that we're doing this little bit at the end, if you are listening to us on iTunes, please leave us a a rate and review. That would be really, really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, we always love reading the reviews. We get the nicest thing, yeah. the nicest reviews they're I, yeah five star all the way down you guys great are, things said like, love them i might be jinxing it but they're always five stars and i'm r- always stoked to read them because they're always very like heartfelt and emotional and like hey thanks so much so thank you to everyone who has left a review i've read them all yeah. thank you so much you make our day uh, i struggle at how to get to them sometimes you'll have to show me again <laughs> I will have to show um, you but again. i read them when they come in we have like <clears> an <throat> email subs- subs- service that helps us read them we do. Um, also we mentioned in the short rest tdc Plays. Um. yeah there's going to be a lot this is a just a little baby that we're going to nurture and yeah. grow into something that I mean me and Will love video games and our everybody on the dungeon cast crew loves video games it's a very big part of who we are and what we do here so if you guys want to go check that out that'd be awesome it is a separate YouTube channel Um. hopefully we'll uh, all the 10 if there are 10k on, on YouTube on the Dungeon Cast now. I need all of you to jump and go to TC Plays and subscribe there too. Please, please do. Just immediately. Let's just let's let's not play around. We don't need foreplay on this one. Let's just go to the let's get to where we need to be. Thank you for everybody that's coming to Patreon. If we haven't shouted you out yet, we will next time. um Speaking of Patreon, we have the new. Don't say it. We have the new mugs coming out. They're very with cool. A, you can see certain somebody on them. They can. There's a there's a very popular first 100 episode phrase we use here on the Dungeon Cast back in the day. We don't use it anymore. No. Oh, it's the no-no words. It's the no-no words. Um, we just don't say it, okay? Mm-hmm. So now, um, you guys, the gold tier patrons will be getting that. Um, what do we call it? Electrum tier patient, patrons, the $10 tier. Uh, we're running a bi-monthly game. It's called... Flashman Insurgeon, It's a superhero game based off of Batman the Animated Series episodes that are being adapted into Dungeons & Dragons uh, featuring Jake Casada and Steve Tran. Thank you guys so much for ta- being a part of that. It's a really cool project. I'm having so much fun. Um, Super Quest Saga. Let's talk about space. Yeah, we got a space adventure. You guys should check it out. It, it airs every other Wednesday on the YouTube channel. Will has promised to um, make <laughs> a a, a derelict spaceship. Of mimics oh you have no idea what have already planned it's a it's a brand new planet and like look at it it's the so whole cool. planet's a whole planet oh it ate our ship oh we got a blast we got a dust our funny. way out of here um hopefully we find admiral akbar and he can help us Indeed. um and thank you everybody on discord um God damn, you guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah. I don't know you what else to say.
1: If if you guys are interested in uh awesome D&D community, uh I think our Discord might be the one for you cuz there's people on there talking D&D pretty much 24/7 and everyone out there is really friendly and really cool and have a lot of cool things to
0: say. Yeah, are there D&D forums you use where you're tired of getting shit on? This isn't that. This yeah. is a really supportive community that Indeed. just accepts my d- the dumb shit I say. It's so, it's true. So th- <laughs> like it's and it's really helpful for world build- you guys have helped me with flashbang and surgeon a lot so thanks and like my water deep lore and stuff um, thanks for helping me become a better DM that's what this is all about getting better at Dungeons & Dragons getting familiar thanks for listening to the show and with that th-
1: being said I think it's time to call it a game let's call it
0: a game and take our long rest we'll talk to you guys later bye